Hi there, listener. It's Matthew. You've come looking for an episode of the Children's Book Podcast, and you've found it. Hooray! But you're probably wondering why the name of the podcast has changed. After eight years of doing the Children's Book Podcast, I began a new career as head of podcasts at A Kid's Company About, where I now oversee a podcast network dedicated to producing original content that talks up to kids, centers the things going on in their world, and engages and challenges how they see the world and themselves. All of the episodes of the Children's Book Podcast are still here, but now, if you're subscribed, you'll get new episodes of Worth Noting, a kid's podcast about current events, hosted by me. Something for you and the young people in your life to enjoy together. Enjoy this episode, and I hope you'll check out Worth Noting and other podcasts from a kid's company about... The Children's Book Podcast is sponsored by 12 by 12. Picture book authors, I'm talking to you. We know that we need to be fairly prolific to be published. That's why members of 12 by 12 aim to write one picture book draft a month. Through an online forum, monthly webinars, a private Facebook group, and more, members enjoy the accountability, support, and motivation of a fantastic community of authors and illustrators. Registration is only open in January and February, so visit 12by12challenge.com slash membership for more information. That's 12x12challenge.com slash membership. So how was your day today? It was, it was busy, and then I, I, of course, scheduled this on Tuesday, forgetting, of course, that everybody has book launches on Tuesday, so I did watch two different book launches at the same time, which is always, it's like being at a, a convention. It's like you're listening to one panel, you're listening to another panel, but it was still fun. This is the Children's Book Podcast, episode number 660. I'm your host, Matthew Winner. We're on Patreon at patreon.com slash matthewcwinner or on PayPal at Children's BK Pod if you want to support the show. Joining me on the show today is author David Levithan, who shares the mysterious disappearance of Aiden S. as told to his brother. It's David's middle grade debut, and the premise rests on what it means to tell your truth and what it means for someone to believe you. Aiden disappears and is missing for six days before suddenly being discovered in the attic of his house by his younger brother, Lucas. The attic was searched multiple times, and yet here he is. Stranger still, Aiden mumbles something about visiting another world, and Lucas cannot shake the importance of believing his brother, no matter how unbelievable the story. Truly, this one is awesome. And every comparison you might draw to other Portal travel novels is so beautifully met with David Levithan's world-building in the small town that now needs to reconcile with Aiden's mysterious return. Cannot wait for you to read it so we can talk about it. Please welcome my guest, David Levithan, author of The Mysterious Disappearance of Aiden S. as Told to His Brother. All right. Um, my name is David Levithan, um, and I am most recently the author of The Mysterious Disappearance of Aiden S., um, which is my first hardcover middle grade novel. Um, I've been writing YA now for... 
Ooh, math, 18 years, um, starting with my first book, Boy Meets Boy. Um, mostly write queer stories, although not always, um, and have been, yeah, doing that for the past 18 years. And you've been doing it very, very well. I mean, for 18 years, that means you've had kids grow up and and in some cases be able to pass on books to younger siblings or or you're almost at that weird age where I am in teaching where it's like the kids I originally were teaching are now having kids. Mm-hmm. Very, very bizarre age. I don't know why I was already leading into that. But whenever we hit that number, you get close to the, oh, now we're hitting generations. That's very fun. Yeah. No, when you when you meet your readers and you're like, oh, you weren't born when my first book came yes. out. It, it is definitely a milestone, I have to I have to say. I'm glad you like that book. Just like I'm glad that my son refers to uh, like playing Nintendo Entertainment System as, oh, yeah, that was way back in the 90s and 80s. <laughs> right, Dad? And I'm like, stop right. it. I'm not that old. <laughs> anyway, um, welcome to the show. I uh, have read a lot of your YA and loved having the opportunity to not just read The Mysterious Disappearance of Aiden S. as told by his brother, but actually to listen to it on audio, um, which was a fantastic audiobook. They, they did a really wonderful job. The actor uh, was, was just the right voice for the story. So thanks for, for being here and sharing your book with all of us. I know, it's my pleasure. So I want to dig deep into Avenue, and I want to talk about all the things. But first, why don't I give you a chance to introduce this book to kids and and grownups who haven't had a chance to read it yet? What is this book all about, David? Um, Well, it is a tough book to talk about, um, but it is called The Mysterious Disappearance of Aiden S., so that already tells you a little bit. Um, It is told from the point of view, actually the full full title is The Mysterious Disappearance of Aiden S. as told to his brother. Um, so the book is told from the point of view of a boy named Lucas, whose brother Aiden is missing for six days. And they don't know where he is. They search everywhere in the town, in their house, basically everywhere that he could possibly have gone. They search, they cannot find him. And then six days later, he reappears. And Obviously, the first question is, where were you? And the answer that he has to the question is not an answer that anybody can believe. Um, He basically says he was somewhere that they don't believe actually exists. And so the story twists and turns around this central question of, is Aiden telling the truth? How could he be telling the truth if basically his alibi is an impossible one? And really, it's about Lucas and and can Lucas believe his brother? And if he does believe his brother went to this impossible place, then what does that mean about the world? It's a beautiful story in the way also that you have. I felt like as a reader, as a 40 year old reader, mind you, as a reader, I was reading this book going, well, Maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. What if it's this direction? What if it's that? And David, the fact that you ended up like hitting all of the places that my brain was like, well, it must be this then. Or what if they do this to cover it up? Or if these people don't believe or that it I was I was blown away that you in that way anticipated at least this one reader's experience of wanting so badly in this space to hold on to wonder. I should say, 
you tap early, early into the book with with a connection that I drew immediately in predicting, which is, is this a Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe scenario? Did he go to Narnia? And you, you acknowledge that by name early in the story. And to play with the idea of what would the fallout look like if you got back and you were the only one that went somewhere, disappeared somewhere, you were the only one with the knowledge, how how do you deal with those ripples when some people believe you and other people are convinced you're covering something up? So why don't you just admit to lying already? That That is a complex narrative that I, I felt you handled so beautifully. And it was paced in that way so beautifully as well. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that was, I mean, what drew me to the story was that, that premise. I mean, usually with my books, it is the premise that draws me in. And this one, it, it absolutely was the question of, of what happened. Um, again, Narnia is a great example. Wizard of Oz is another one. What, what happens when, when Dorothy wakes up in Kansas and insists that she went to this other, other world? I mean, they, they're all going to be like, no, you, you, you kind of knocked your head. Um, but she she knows where she was and she knows what it means. So, so what what do you do if you're living in that world and you're basically back to your old world and nobody believes about the new world? Um, what does that mean? And again, is it true or is it not? Or is it just a story? We we make up stories all the time, and a lot of the times we make up stories to cover other things. And so I think that's for Lucas. That's the dilemma. Is 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 my brother? Really, did he go to Narnia, go to Oz, go to go some other place? Or is he so frightened of saying where he really was that he's making this up? It's just a story. He knows that he's making something up. And I just don't know whether to believe him or be concerned that there is something more sinister underneath. And so I wanted to play with that. And, and again, it, it is not giving anything away whatsoever. In fact, it's the opposite to say that I generally did not know while I was writing the book where it was going to end up. Um, I did not know, again, whether this was going to be the truth or not the truth, whether it is the story or not the story. And so that actually made it much more interesting and hopefully does for the reader because I wanted to see all the different sides and then sort of twist it and turn it to get to the end point that it gets to. That, that I will not mention because that is a spoiler. That I will not but, mention, right? I'm going to yeah. dance right up to the edge on a lot of things, right, but I right, will not right. spoil. Yeah, we, yeah we, we've, we've sort of acknowledged everything we can acknowledge, but but again, the, the question of whether what Aiden is saying is true or not, that's what the whole book is about. I love the notion that, one, stories and, and truths are so closely related. We We believe stories all the time without knowing if they have evidence behind them or not. We also tell stories so much to the point that they become our truths. I think about, gosh, was I in like high school or something? When um, Tim Burton's movie Big Fish came out, which was this story, right, about this this um, father who, as he was passing, was recounting all of these larger-than-life stories that he swore were true, and the son just said, give it up already at this point. And, and that idea that, that, that truth is sort of an elusive thing, that that what's true to someone uh, is not necessarily to be denied by somebody else. That, that's not fair. And for Aiden to reach a point where his truth 
maybe even very quickly becomes a thing where he's like, well, it's clear you're not going to believe me. So I'm just not, what do you want me to tell you? Cause it's clear mm-hmm. that if I tell you what I think happened, you're, you're not going to believe me. So let's stop wasting that time. That, that was an interesting tension to hold as well as the one that I was fully ready for uh, as a person who's around young children all the time, which is adults. I dare you to believe the child because mm-hmm. so often we, we just come from that place of it must be that you've been traumatized in some way. And you're, and this is the way that you are protecting yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think dad even says at one point, it doesn't matter where you were. What matters is that you're back and that's all we're going to focus on. Whatever story you want to say, Aiden, as long as you're back. I thought all of those threads that you followed uh, all led to interesting places. Did you, David, in, 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 I don't know, plotting this, brainstorming this, what was the mental exercise of trying to follow these paths? Or maybe you even just started writing it and discovering as you went. What was the process for this book? I mean, I almost always... <clears throat> excuse me, write and discover as I'm going. And this, this book was certainly no exception. And again, it came in handy because we're not, it's not Aiden's story. It's not, Aiden is not the narrator. Right. Um, and so Lucas is trying to figure it out just as much as I, as the author was trying to figure out. <laughs> and you as the reader, hopefully are trying to figure it out. And that was very helpful to me to have a character who was not, Everything, everything about the story is secondhand to him. And then basically the, the story itself is about the nature of, of those of us who are secondhand um, receivers of stories, how we react to that. But so I did not actually want to sit down and plot it out. I did not want to know the ending. I did not want to, to work too hard on world building from Aiden's point of view yeah. um, or even to see anything from Aiden's point of view because the whole point of the book is Lucas's limited perspective and what he has to decide based on the little verifiable information he will ever have. For all that I've enjoyed escaping into a place in a book, and I'm looking at my shelf right now, just staring at a wrinkle in time. I Mm -hmm. can't help but think about that book for me. Um, Reading this book, and I would imagine a a reader of any age, if they've experienced that stepping into another world experience in a book, um, may share my feeling of when I was reading this, which, which, as you said, does not focus on being in that other world, but rather the, the return home and the reconciling with, with these two different truths of people believing you versus you believing yourself. Um, I found such a strong pull reading this and especially now talking to you of wanting it to be real, mm-hmm. just like, yeah, but it's as implausible as a wrinkle in time is, wouldn't it be cool though? If it was, what if it was real though? And our brains just can't handle something that wild being true. I like that world. I wonder David, if you, I wonder if there's something in you as well that, that, when you were younger, were reading books about traveling into different places and, and that it just stuck in you and that there's still, I don't know, a, a draw or a pull into those places for you. I mean, I think, I mean, certainly I, I loved reading books like that as a kid. Um, but it's interesting, I will say, and, and this, this, 
I did think about this a lot um, because again, this is, I don't write or haven't written much middle grade before. And so I was really trying to think, okay, when I was, when I was fourth, fifth, sixth grade, what did I do? And it's very funny because I was obsessed with, with drawing maps. I loved nothing more than to draw a map and like use every color of my, in my magic markers to, to do things. I would just draw a shape, an island shape, and I would I would illustrate it and put mountains and the trees in. But interestingly, I would then put the roads in, and I'd put the houses in, and I'd figure out where the library was, and I would <laughs> I would figure out whatever the, the food store. Where's the where do they get their groceries? And my maps were always of places like home. I mean, again, not home. They were all of my own invention but they they were not fantasy worlds so there were, there was no unicorn grove there there was no place oh that's where the trolls live that 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 tree um that wasn't where my mind went it was instead enjoying making up fictional lands that still looked like home and again i think as an as a writer that's largely what i do i mean it's interesting talking about this book because i i point out to people that that again you you read what Aiden is saying about where he's been, right. and you're like, oh wow, I, yeah, I escaped into it. But the truth of the matter is that when you're in the house with Lucas and Aiden, that's still a fictional world. It's still world building. It just looks much more like the world you're used to. But actually, both parts are world building. And I wanted to play with that a little bit. The the idea that when we are, when we as fiction writers are are making up, again, a family at dinner talking that is still just as fictional as talking about a unicorn grove or the tree where the troll lives. Um, and so I wanted to play with that and, and the notion of storytelling and the notions of world building. And, and again, I, I, as a writer, largely escape more to invented corners of our world rather than r running off into invented corners of other worlds. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's but it's it's again it's different people react to different things in different ways, and I certainly have friends, um, the, my my friends um, Zach Clark and Nick Eliopoulos who hosted my book launch, who have a, an amazing middle grade fantasy series called the Adventurers Guild. Like they're like they're all like I would I would love to live in the realm of the elves and and give me a nice fox companion wherever I can go. Like like they're huge D and D people, and like they they have the writerly capability of literally writing a world from scratch and, and can sustain it over multiple books. Whereas for me, that's just not how my, my writing mind works as much. Um, but again, both are very, very valid and both are fiction. want to shout out teachingbooks.net. For those of you that have not yet discovered this site, it is everything for teachers and readers. Teaching Books strives to personalize each reader's connections to children's and young adult books. Discover thousands of resources that bring books and reading to life. Sign up for free today at teachingbooks.net. absolutely agree and I think too that when we think about building worlds and what sort of canvas we paint for the story to lay on 
a love in that way that you make Aiden this kid that's really sort of an unassuming kid in school. He's not somebody that people talk to uh, or people know. In fact, when when um, people are given in, in this small town a, a reason to talk about him, uh, it, to me, the reader, it felt like in a lot of ways it was the first time anybody beyond his best friend really even really even noticed or cared, gave much thought to him. And that, I think, becomes a really interesting person to lay this story on or this experience on because, again, it's that it's not as though this is a person that is always used to making up stuff. We don't have a, a mm-hmm. boy who cried wolf scenario right. or something along those lines. Um, in fact, I thought a number of the characters you brought, this is, although now that I'm saying it, it's, I think, much like what draws me into your your YA, the way that you, I, I feel like you know the characters that you write about. I feel like their aunt in the story and the the police officer we meet later on were two characters that I, maybe it, maybe what's resonating to me is that they feel like the ally characters to kids. That's, mm-hmm. That could very well be what's, what's pulling at me there. Or also they are just compelling people there. They are the manifestation of hope that, that you hope is there for children in, in their lives in some way. And, um, I don't know. I think about them. I, I, I've thought about them a lot when reading the book, and I, I think about them again. I actually thought going into this book, David, that I was like, oh, I know David. I know David for writing queer queer kid stories. I like David for writing queer kid stories. This is going to be a book about queer kids. And the, 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 hmm, without giving much away, I don't think I'm giving right. away if I say it this way, the way that you handle uh, queer identity in this book as just straight up being a part of your identity, not a centerpiece, not a uh, a, a qualifier that that turns plot points, but just just a a another um, another uh, way of 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 another quality of describing a person in Aiden's life uh, and Lucas's life. I think is is just handled with with an expert hand. I'll put it that way. I thought it was great. Well, thank you. I thought, oh, we can say this just between ourselves because it's a secret about the end. But um, the uh, the nickname that Aiden comes to be known as at the end just made me blush. And I was like, that's the greatest. <laughs> well, thank put, you. We'll leave it there. <laughs> right. No. Um, hmm. I, I think that, uh, well, you're an editor. You know about this too. Um, but I think that queer identity... Uh, being explored in middle grade is sort of an interesting territory because I, I, I think middle grade is still trying to find um, its groundswell of representation uh, of queer voices and queer stories in middle grade. It's starting to come, but it's it's mm-hmm. not quite there yet. And I think that by having representation in the book that you do, to just be, again, not a story that centers on queerness, but but um, that it is just um, represented in the book is something that, David, I can't find my words, but I just want to say thank you. You are writing oh, books you. that I wish I had as a kid. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think, again, it's really exciting. My, my next middle grade, which is the thing that I'm working on now, is is much... <laughs> 
much much more queer um in, in a very <laughs> unabashed way and and it is very much a part of the storyline um and so i think it's amusing listening to you because because I think my second middle grade book is going to be the book that everybody expected me to write. I, I don't think I don't think Aiden S is the book that people expected me to write, but that was one of the really great reasons to write it. Is yeah. is you don't want to give people necessarily what they want. You you want to actually show them a different side of your writing each time. And so I felt Aiden really was. I mean, obviously, it was important to me to have queer characters in the book, and and I I do agree that Aunt Brandy who you mentioned is is really the the most sympathetic adult in in Aiden and Lucas's lives but but also has hopefully a depth to her um that I wanted readers to be able to see and again that that was crucial to have in the book but again I really wanted it to be a book about a missing kid and and what he yeah. said and and about truth and I, and I didn't want queerness to be a factor in whether something was true or not, or why somebody disappeared. I really wanted the focus to be purely on the event and on the relationship between the two brothers. But I agree with you, it is so exciting, both as a writer and as an editor, to see a lot of queer middle grade that's coming. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm working on a couple of books right now that haven't been announced yet, um, so I'm not gonna name them, but but by, by authors I love um, who are writing queer stories for middle grade that will come out at some point next year. And it's just so much fun to get to work on them because again, it is something that that it is is not yet, the shelves are not yet as full as they should be. I think YA, it's been astonishing to see how many voices have entered the mix and how many stories are being told about queerness from all different sides and with all different intersectionalities. Um, I think also the picture book space is one that, again, has has long valued telling queer stories and stories about queer parents and, and being being who you want to be. So it's been interesting. The, the missing piece for Kid Lit has actually been the middle grade space. And so I'm really excited that a lot of authors um, are now trying to populate that space. Um, and we just saw case and calendar win the national book award yeah, for the Lights, which is just one of my favorite books of all time oh, so um good. and such an astonishing story um both as a queer story as a black story and just as a story it's incredible um yeah. so again all of which is to say i think a lot is coming down the pike and and i think because other authors are doing it and doing such a great job with it it did take the pressure off of me to feel that i had to to write a, a very queer, um, explicitly queer um, middle grade right off the bat and that I could do this story first, which again has queerness within it. Um, and then the next book, again, just the one that spoke to me happened to be the queerest idea that I had. I love it. I, you know, I would also share that queerness is so up for, it always has been though in, in the comics world. But we've got such phenomenal queer-centered middle-grade graphic novels. Mm -hmm. Stuff that even just came out like just this year that's so good that I'm like, where is it in middle grade? But yeah. it's coming. It's coming. Mm -hmm. And the fact that we are starting now also to get authors that kids can name that 
write those stories where they see their themselves represented in their gender identities and in their mm-hmm. um, in their queerness is beautiful, 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 great, great stuff going on. But before I go too far down that path, I'd love to come back to Aunt Brandy because um, as we were mentioning Aunt Brandy, a uh, scene came to mind that I thought this is a really uh, powerful scene that, that that will I think be one that so many kids can feel resonate, which is when you've got some sort of conflict with your parents and an additional family member or friend is there to support you and ends up pissing off your parents. Uh, Because the, the way that there's just, I'm not, it doesn't matter if I give it away, but I don't want to, I'll, I'll let the book land the way it does. Um, for those readers, but the way that the Aunt Brandy shows up with all of those yummy treats that we can all just celebrate being back together as a family and just be together, um, but then offering some perspective that uh, the, the the that mom and dad don't agree with or feel like you're stepping into a space that's not your space to to take up on this. I thought it's a really interesting thing because so often kids, I said, I I like went right into so often we kids because I'm thinking of my own experiences, (laughs) but so often I have unfortunate news for you. I mean, but I, but I draw back to those experiences that I had where I was like, you know, I, 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 I wanted, or I wished, or in some cases I had that, uh, adult, um, extended family member or family friend from the church or something that, that was that support, but they were not my parents and that um, their advice uh, sometimes would clash with my parents and would mean having to face um, hard things. And uh, I-, I was grateful for that being in there as well. That just felt like uh, a chance again to shine a light on on, on these other experiences that, that we sometimes run into about about when you experience something tough and who believes you and who makes space for you and who helps you find your way through. (laughs) But no, to set the record straight, I am not still a boy. Um, (laughs) And I, I'm grown up. And even though I still have a hard time sometimes navigating, navigating my way through emotions, um, I am so deeply tapped into this might be David, if I can get super personal ish, with you for a moment. I, as soon as I could read as a kid independently, uh, my, my mom and dad were not big readers. They still aren't big readers in that way. I don't know what quote unquote big means, but they weren't readers, uh, regular readers in that way. So as soon as I could read independently, I was on my own. And so I just didn't, I just didn't read. And so I missed that whole swath of middle grade. And for whatever odd reason, probably because story still always meant a lot to me when I was playing video games, cutting my teeth on RPGs, things like that story meant a lot to me. So something when I was pulled into elementary education and then later into working in the library, uh, drew me into story. And so I think when I read middle grade, there's a part of me that is time traveling is experiencing this book, both as a 40 year old adult and also somehow as a nine year old, and so I'm grateful for that experience. I'm grateful that when I read Aiden S, I, 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 I had that 
moment too. There were a lot of things that brought me right back. Um, and I think it's a special skill that an author has to be able to uh, write in such a way that, that kids can see themselves and, and be drawn in and be compelled through that story. But also kids that have grown up to be big people can also find their way back. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, I, I can't wait for more middle grade from you. Uh, I, I love that I get to read your YA, but I can't wait for more middle grade from you, David. Thank you for setting time aside to talk to me tonight. And thank you for sharing this story, Aiden's story and Lucas's story with all of us. Oh, please. It's, it's been a pleasure. And, and, and thank you again for all your kind words about it. I really appreciate it. Of course, of course. Uh, I'll leave you with an opportunity to share words with your readers uh, by asking that, David, I will see a library full of children tomorrow morning. Is there a message that I can bring to them from you? I mean, right right now, I'd want the message to be wear a mask, but I, I think you're going for something a little <laughs> less timely. Um, so, no, I think I would go with with sort of the theme of this evening, which has been that it's okay to, to escape into books. And sometimes that's what you need to do. And whether that escape is to a fantasy world or whether it's to a realistic world um, or whether it is to some combination of the two, that that is an important part of growing up. And it, it does actually, you learn as much traveling through books as you do traveling around the country or traveling around the world. And so, again, especially in times when you can't necessarily go other places. Um, it is even more important than ever to, to get lost in books every now and then. Well, that's our show today. Thank you so much, David, for joining me and for sharing this outstanding middle grade novel. I've been inviting picture book authors on to share their upcoming books, and so I'm going to pass you over, but I will see you later this week. Goodbye, everyone. Hello, this is Noreen Paulson. I write picture books for kids, and today I'm so excited to share some book news with children book podcast listeners. My debut picture book, Benny's True Colors, released last November 17th with Imprint Macmillan. And on March 1st, my second picture book, What Silly Hair Day with No Hair, illustrated by Camilla Carasini, comes out from Albert Whitman. Silly Hair is a story about a young girl with alopecia who has to figure out a way to join in the fun of Silly Hair Day despite being bald. To learn more about Benny's True Colors or What Silly Hair Day with No Hair, please visit www.noreenpaulson.com. The Children's Book Podcast is recorded and produced by Matthew Winner in his library studio in Elcott City, Maryland. You can subscribe to the podcast and access the archives of over 650 episodes at matthewcwinner.com. The theme music is by Poddington Bear, care of the Free Music Archive. Want to help out the show? Become a patron at patron.com slash matthewcwinner. Your support and contributions will directly support and impact the work of the Children's Book Podcast. And always, writing a review on iTunes 
or sharing the podcast with friends through Facebook, Twitter, word of mouth, or any other means helps reach more listeners, which leads to more content and more amazing guests. And that's a very good thing. A very good thing indeed. We know you value what you put in front of your kids, especially when it comes to screens and podcasts. That's why we're excited to share a new podcast from our friends at Sleepiest, creating bedtime stories to help your kids fall asleep fast. Hello, Abby here. If you've got children and find bedtimes a struggle, I'd like to tell you about Coco Sleep, a children's story podcast designed to make bedtime a dream. Coco Sleep turns a chaotic bedtime into cozy bonding time. The stories are delivered in a pace that gently slows. Rumour has it that no one's ever heard an ending. So search Coco Sleep on your favourite podcast app and let's make bedtime a dream. That's K-O-K-O Sleep and I'll see you there.